to the Fireside Podcast. It's been a been a minute again. Um, the bo- well, not the boys. But some couple of the boys were on holiday. Um, we're back now, <clears throat> and it's time to get back into the swing of of the football. Uh, what's happened since we've been here last, Craig? Um, you know, just the usual. Uh, you're getting dodgy penalties given against them. That's all that's really happened. Mm. Three times. So yeah, I, I can't think of anything else. Uh, I mean, obviously you've had uh, the since we've lo- European uh, ties since. Since the last um, podcast, I guess, we've missed. Uh, Rangers finally losing a game domestically. Um, We've had teams in Europe performing um, and not performing at the same time, which we'll we'll not talk about for... um, I don't want to start crying again, but... um, It's okay. Yeah, both both teams that were in Champions League qualifiers uh, gra- gracefully crashed out at the first opportunity presented to them. Yeah. yeah. Celtic Celtic lost to um, Midgets Midgetland over two legs, and Rangers lost to Mold Malmo Malmo. Malmo, same thing. He's trying to pretend he's not obsessed. He knew exactly who it was. He's got the posters <laughs> of the results in his wall. Um, both teams, um, obviously, I think it kind of goes without saying, um, underperformed. Um, obviously, Celtic are more in a rebuild. Um, obviously, it can't go without saying. I think a lot of us expected Rangers to do a lot better. Um and if you can't do it against 10, 10 men and you're 1-0 up at half-time, then you shouldn't be in the Champions League. Yeah, it's it was a big opportunity that Rangers just kind of threw away. Um, massive money involved in it as well. Um, obviously, going down to Europa League now, they've got a... Obviously, no European tie can be classed as easy. But it's um, one that Rangers should be winning like very comfortably, and then the um, obviously uh, for viewers who don't know, Rangers are playing Alash Kert um, on Thursday night. I'm glad you attended the game um, because I, I could not have. I was uh, looking, as as you do, looking at the the stats for Alash Kert, and I know a lot of people don't like XG, um, but in their last game, their XG was zero point zero zero one. <laughs> which I, I feel they might be taking a lot of shots from outside the box when they play Rangers. But again, like Craig mentioned, you can't take any game lightly at this point. Yeah, um, I mean, this team, they did scrape by Connor's key in the, the, their first Champions League game of the season. Um, so, we all know Connor's key are Scottish, uh, Scottish killers. Um knocking out the giants of Kilmarnock a, a few seasons back. Just had to get that one in for the Kilmarnock yep. supporters. I did see that, um, what are they called, Alishkert, seeing that they, their most recent game they lost uh, to a team called Van. Yeah. Right, yeah that would drive supporters crazy. To be fair, the, the Alishkert fans are probably sitting there uh, trying to work out what a Dundee United is, which Rangers lost to. 
Mm. Yeah, but it's not Van, is it? True. We'll look up Dundee United and see that they're, they're undefeated against Barcelona in competitive games, so they'll get scared. And they'll bet air due to a, a dodgy penalty uh, as well. Well, thank you for bringing that up, Jeremy. Yes, it's an absolute disgrace. I have to mention a dodgy penalty again to reiterate the dodginess of said penalty. An utter disgrace. Uh, we've we've been cheated. It's, there's no not much more you can say. Just... Uh, I think, as you said, though, um, get the dodgy decisions out of the way. Yeah, but <laughs> three and three games are just that's ridiculous. So. Well, you could even you could count it as four because we probably could have got a penalty against Kelly. So I, oh well, hopefully, uh, no more. The rest of the season would be ideal. If you're listening, any referees out there? Um, try to think what else. Uh, St. Johnson, obviously, they put up a good fight against Galatasaray. Yeah. They did. Um, I I watched both of the uh, first both of the ties and both of the legs rather, <laughs> and just eventually, like class, kind of got the better of them. But they, they they did play very well. Yeah, over the course of the two games, there's nothing they can be. They 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 put up a good fight. They put made themselves look good and against a. Obviously, Galatasaray haven't been up there as much recently, but they are a, a big name in European football. Um, and St. Johnson gave them a very good run for their money. And then I believe they're up against is it Last Glens in the Conference League playoff to get a shot at um, yep. stage football. So, and Aberdeen have Carabag. Yeah, two... Two tough ties, but two winnable ties if uh, both teams play to their best of their ability. Well, um, Aberdeen also uh, just just um, testing themselves a bit and going out and losing to Wraith at the weekend, which is you know that's good when you're preparing for a game to try and get European group stage football uh, to go and lose to a, a men's team. Yeah, it's, it's not a confidence booster. Certainly not. Ideal, but um, I'm sure they'll pick themselves back up and uh, get themselves over to Azerbaijan ready to fight for it. It was uh, Hibs, obviously, they got knocked out to uh, Rijeka. And basically, just a, a red card kind of cost in the tie. I suppose it was just. A stupid it's red card another, to get. It's just another um, tie that Jack Ross has failed in. Like he's very good at um, doing sort of what he's expected to do, but he never seems to ever surpass yeah. expectations. Or he's always just doing what's required and nothing more. I think that's a poor result for Hibs, in my opinion, though. I think uh, so. It's a tough one because I think yeah, Rejecca were the favourites of the tie um, going into it. But when you're in the game for that long, it's one each, I think it's roughly about 60 odd minutes. And then I suppose it's just a, a stupid mistake from Darren McGregor and it's just costing the tie. 
bit silly, but you know, the move. Well, yeah. It would have been good to have good to have more teams in in the football in the football in the Europe. Well, two guaranteed group stage in, and two who I wouldn't put it past them to get group stage. Huh? But they're well within it. Would uh yeah yeah make for some some good nights at um in Aberdeen and Perth uh, playing in. European group stages. It's... I don't think there's ever a good night in Aberdeen, Craig. Uh, the night you leave. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I just say, avoid yeah. go- just avoid going in general. <laughs> um, what else have we? I'm I'm sure a full Petardre would be bounce absolutely bouncing on a European night in the Conference League. Well, yeah, it's like the Conference League. It's gonna have some big names in it. It's got well, it's got Spurs in it. Um. Oh, they they've got to play a playoff game. They might lose it's that. It's got Roma in it. It's got Feyenoord in it. It's got Rennes in it. Aberdeen Aberdeen v Spurs. <laughs> tell you what, I reckon. Uh, I was going to say I reckon Johnny Hayes would pocket uh, Son, but I think yeah, uh, Johnny Hayes might be out for a wee while. Um, yeah. After the weekend, I don't know. If I've, it's been n- I've not seen. I've been working the last couple of days, so I haven't seen, obviously, Hayes went down at the end. I don't know, Hedges also went down injured. I don't know if um, the situation of either of them. Hedges didn't look as bad. I know that Hayes Hayes was quick to go off the pitch, but then once he was off the pitch, they they strapped up his leg and then he got into a stretcher, so it's never ideal at that point. Um, Hedges... It's a difficult one because... Like obviously Johnny Hayes has had um injury issues in the past. Yeah, he's not been very lucky in the injury front. Um obviously uh, he had he broke it broke his ankle at Celtic, didn't he, when he was just sort of getting getting up to decent speed. He was a good, he first he was a good utility player yeah. mm-hmm. for Celtic. I know people say he wasn't Celtic standard, but a lot of times he was shoehorned into different positions. I don't think he was ever really embarrassed. He always done a, a job. He always he always gave it all as well. Like he never half arsed it or whatever. He just was always a hundred percent committed to it, no matter where he was playing further forward or where he was playing like Filling at left back, or well, I say filling in at left back. That seems to be his main position now. Um, I think it's one of those things, though. Like as you get as players get older, they always seem to drop back or like play less attacking positions. Yeah, on the pitch. So in a couple of years' time, uh, don't be surprised when you see Ronaldo at left back and Messi at right back. Hmm. <laughs> um. What else have we missed since we've been away? Obviously, we've got the the cup draw. Obviously, uh, Rangers and Celtic getting the, the two easiest games again. Classic. Who would have guessed? Not me. I expected some more bites from you there, but no. We'll, we'll move. No, no one really bites when Craig says anything. That's <laughs> true. Let him talk to himself. <laughs> Um, trying to think what else is new, I guess. Um, full stadiums, that's new. Full stadiums, yeah. Uh, we're counting. 
I know people. Um, not people, but people had their, their sort of suspicions that it would be like up to up to this point by now. But it's new that it got announced, and teams are allowed full stadiums. And uh, what a relief! What a, what a time to be back, back in a full stadium. We've not been in a full stadium yet, because yeah. uh, Celtics isn't full. Oh, there we go. He's went for the first bite of. Um, I'm, I'm, That's not, true. I'm not meaning like they're not getting yeah. sold out. I'm just meaning they can't use part of the stadium, which means they can't yeah, have away fans. Because because of because of restrictions, they they can't use part of the main stand. Although I think they can use more of it now. Um. I'd, because when I was on buying tickets earlier, there was more of it available than there was last time. Yeah, I do so, see quite a bit of uproar about it, saying like about the no away fans in it, um, Celtic Park. But as I understand the frustration when we've got fifty five thousand odd tickets and none for away fans. I think it is. Yeah, it's difficult because also they've got so many season ticket yeah. holders, and at the end of the day, you've got to got to accommodate your own you've got fans to accommodate first. your own fans first they're yeah. also not the only club to be doing that as uh-huh. well i know rangers obviously didn't for the european tie for obvious reasons and i don't, I think, well, I don't we, think there's any away fans at any yeah, qualifiers a, in europe until um then there's no um away fans in any UEFA which is game. fair enough because the same for the international games as well no away fans allowed um what else i know that ferg's uh, happy about his new um, Japanese star man shining. Oh, I tell you what, the boy's absolutely fantastic. I say the boy's what is he twenty six? But uh, yeah, yeah, he looks like a young boy. But, yeah, he's not. He's he's like. <laughs> That's the thing, though. I think something Celtic have done for many many years now is buy younger players. In the view of like developing them from the first team and. Getting them into the first team, getting them minutes, getting them playing European football, and then selling them further down the line. Obviously, recently we sold uh, Jeremy Frimpong. I think we sold him a bit earlier than we'd actually intended to sell him, but the money was right. Yeah, though. yeah. At the end of the day, like it's hard to turn that dude down. I think the pl- the player didn't really want to be there any longer. The deal deal that was given was probably right enough for the time and. It was just I think it was the best situation for everyone to to let him go, but yeah. and then the issue becomes after that is actually re recruiting players. Um which slowly but surely it seems like we're starting to do, but Yeah um, oh, to see with Kyogo still, he does look like still the issues and everything. Kyogo does look like he could put up Scott Sinclair level numbers if he um, continues this this form. Up anyway. The thing is, like, he's played the majority of his football in Japan through the middle this season. Um, before he came to us, and then since he's arrived, I think the best that we've seen him is when he's played again through the middle. But then you come up against that issue of if <clears throat> if we still have Edward on the books. Who's playing up front and who's playing wide, or do they both play and then sort of just rotate like a, a fluid sort of system? And however, like whoever's 
there at the time. I think that's the beauty of your like the the forward players you have right now. You're so many, they're so versatile. Like the likes of Edward, Kyogo, Christie, they can all technically play on the wing or through the middle if you needed them to. Like so, they can just fit in how the system needs them at that time, or they can rotate throughout the game and stuff like that as well. So. I did uh, notice on Sunday that um, there was a point in the second half when James Forrest ended up uh, going up and down the left side for a good wee while. I, so I actually um, do think um, Kyogo, um, although he's been fantastic coming in, I actually do think it might be a ridiculous statement, but he actually needs it. Edward. And in the sense that like have, having a guy who Kyogo knows fine well, if he's going to beat a man, he can square it to him and Edward's going to always, not always, but nine times out of ten, he's going to put the ball in the back of the net. And him and Edward together, with Kyogo being out in the right, I actually think would benefit both of them. Kyogo having the left. I think it def- it'd bring something extra to Edward's game as well, because if Kyogo's getting goals and on a good on good form, then I think it's that thing where you're competition for your place. So Edward's going to be thinking, "Oh shit, he's he's really good. I might lose my spot here, and if I lose my spot, then there's less chance of me getting a decent deal to go somewhere else." Yeah. There seems to be talks of um all these teams in for Edward throughout the start of the window, and just. Nothing seems to come out of any of them. I, d- I don't know where it's... Um... It, it's, just, it's the same with Morelos. So it's just a lot of the time these, um, how would I put them, rags, um, like reporting set things have happened yeah. and have not happened. and Like the reports, I'm not going to name the, the paper, but it was reports <coughs> Edward didn't want to move to Brighton because he was expecting up to £90,000 a week. Yeah, it's which a tough one. I, I mean, he's not he's not getting anywhere. I, I don't yeah. know. I don't care how it's sugarcoated. He's not. Yeah, I mean, unless like uh, a rich team a Chinese there, club. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he won't. He won't get those wages anywhere. But I don't think uh, English clubs particularly have helped themselves. So in more recent years, with the amount of money that they are paying to some players, yeah, being, yeah, true. Absolutely ridiculous, and then <clears throat> players that that they then end up going after are asking for more and more money, and you're kind of thinking, like some of these players don't deserve the amount of money, some of these players don't warrant their um, transfer fees. Hundred <coughs> percent, Jack Grealish. <laughs> but, ben White. You know, it it, ben it just White. keeps happening, and they, they'll keep doing it. They'll keep doing it, and they'll keep. Just paying over the odds for bang average players. Yeah, that's it. Um, and that's the Premier League way. Just um, one of those ones where the the English players obviously seem to be upvalued a lot more. Um, which just any Premier League team just that get it doesn't make sense. It just why they'd pay so much more for just a player just because he's English. I understand that they've got the the homegrown players and stuff to fill, but. You can fulfil that with youth players and not um, splashing out 
all that money for English players instead of going for the good foreign talent that's about. The good foreign uh, talent. What else we missed? Um, reports are Aberdeen are interested in signing Martin Boyle. Yeah, with an um, absolute embarrassing price, to be fair. With a uh, <laughs> with a bid of five hundred thousand, uh, apparently been rejected. Yeah, well, I did see. Um, supposedly he's got a five hundred thousand pound release clause to non Scottish clubs. Um, so if that is true. Then that's quite quite low for him to have, but um, I don't know. It's I've seen some Aberdeen fans suggesting that um Atlanta United uh, paid the five hundred thousand and then just loaned them to Aberdeen. But mm. strange one. Could they actually? They could do that technically if they wanted. Uh... I d- I don't know. It'd be a bit of a dodgy situation. Oh. It also, uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be very confusing. I, I don't. It's obviously it'd be up to Martin Boyle as well, just because he'd figured his release clause doesn't mean he has to go. Um. So. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's unless the wages are massively increased. I don't know if there's too much benefit of him moving from Hibs to Aberdeen. Well, it's not a step up. It's just a step to the side. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It seems bizarre. Seeing Aberdeen, I don't know. I don't know what they need. I think I've seen I've I've seen rumors about some players leaving and some players not being happy about playing time or positions and whatnot. But I can't think of anyone that Aberdeen are now in desperate need of after they've raided. Um, mm-hmm. I th- I multiple still clubs think around the maybe, country they could maybe do with like a 10 like a traditional sort of 10 yeah um, maybe but I guess you know, Ferguson can play there to be fair Hedges could also fill in there obviously I've, sp- I've spoken in the past how I, I still think especially this season Lewis Ferguson kind of need to now special like specialise a position in the sense that he should have Figure out if he's better defensively, or go or go or going forward. Obviously, this year with uh, McCrory and Brown, obviously they've got two holding midfielders. Probably will give them a better license to. Um, well, you forward. say that, but um, seem to fair play McCrory. McCrory's been utilised in defence, yeah. um, so far this season for Aberdeen, which is a. Uh, what I've heard that he's not happy about, but well, again. obviously, um, years ago when he was at Rangers, I actually felt he what his poorest position was midfield, and he did suit a more um, like midfield sort of CDM role. I felt that in defence that he he just looked a wee bit out of sorts slightly. Yeah, it seems like quite. Because one of those ones that maybe if he's not comfortable playing there. The coaches see it as being his best position. It's a difficult one because the player might not be comfortable with it, but at the end of the day, like the coach, coach can see where players fit best in the team, and it's up to them at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, he does seem like the kind of player that he just kind of wants to play football, so he just play where he went. 
he's told to basically, but obviously you can understand yeah. him being oh, 100%. not happy where if he's playing out of a position he's not fully comfortable in, but mm, you never know. Because he has, he has played all over the place, hasn't he? Because yeah, when, well, he was at uh, he was at air and he played in the wing quite a lot. Yeah, he was at left, left then, mid, right mid. He played. Yeah, and then uh, at Rangers, he was playing centre half quite a lot. Then he went down to Portsmouth. Yeah, played, that one. And then he played right back. He plays. plays right and back now he's back to the, playing centre back. Plays right back for the Scotland under twenty ones as well. Yeah. I think for me, um, it's it sounds like a player that's that's la- lost his purpose, lack of ambition. You know, just content to go along through the motions, happy to play wherever, whenever. But if I was him, you know, I would be saying, you know, this is my best position. Let me show you that I can play better than anybody else on this team there, and go out and prove yourself. Don't just be content with getting in the first team because you can play in four or five positions. Make it your own and not just be content with things because, you know, he's got the potential to be a very good player, but if he just wants to go through the motions and just do what, whatever, whatever he's told and, you know, very, very blase about it, it'll just turn into a very bang average traditional Scottish player, utility player. And that's, I don't think, suiting to him, suiting to the game. I think he's better than that. I think a, a classic example of um, someone who's never really made a position their own was uh, would probably be near beat on at Celtic, who who's been there for a number of years now. Um, surprisingly younger than I thought he was, but uh, just he, he can't, like he's been a midfielder, and then someone had the bright idea of uh, playing him at centre half and. There was times when he played really strong games, but then just rash moments and silly things, and he ends up getting dropped from that position. Comes back, plays midfield again. It just gets chucked in wherever, really. Um, not an impact sub, but just uh, fresh legs at the end of the game to kick the ball up and down the pitch a bit. At this point, where he's never really got a position. I've got um, got to disagree with what. Um... What Billy said, I, I feel like he shows more ambition to be able to, to fit into the, a manager system. I, I feel like if you're going, okay, no, I want to play in this position. I feel like that's just been, I don't know, I, I, I don't like that too much attitude in a player. Where if um, feel like yeah, I, I'll, I'm just happy to play, just happy to play wherever you want me to play. I'll sit my game round the manager style instead of getting the manager to change his style to suit you. But then, but then you've got to uh, think that you're the best in said position. I, I don't know what um, has been said or not, but I, I don't know what his best position actually is. I actually do think it is like a CDM role, but he's probably not going to get near the midfield at the moment. It's probably one he doesn't even know what his best position is, but like, I mean, I just feel like the more he plays, the more he develops. It doesn't matter where where he's playing, he's still going to be developing as a footballer, developing different skill sets, playing different positions. I mean, the one example... You never know, like, if he plays he plays more at centre, like, if he plays more at centre-back for Aberdeen, starts playing well and they he builds up a, like, a decent partnership with someone, then you never know, like, he could start enjoying that position more. 
Yeah, I, don't, I feel like it's it's more beneficial to be able to, to be content in more positions than just one. I feel like being able to... Um, sure, every club needs style. a utility player, I guess. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with being a utility player. I just I think more my point is I don't think you can be content as a, a footballer playing at that level and wanting to aspire to go to a higher level that just to play wherever you you want, wherever you're told. You know that's you know. Yeah, I don't. I I I, I see what you, you mean, know. I I don't, I don't think, think def- defensively. I don't think he's good. I don't. I think he's much suited to that kind of holding midfielder position where he can yeah, spray the passing and protect the defence. Because there's been a couple of games, you know, against Breedablick, Wraith, you know, where he's positionally at times he's not looked great. You know, defensively when he goes in for the tackles and that, yes, he's good. He's a good tackler, good ball stopper, good, you know, but positionally awareness, track runners, you know. With all due respect to Breedablick, you know, the Icelandic team, you know, they shouldn't be troubling our teams too much. And the you know, set pieces that they were he was bullied. He was bullied, and I, I, I don't think it's acceptable for a player in his position just to be thrown into positions on a whim, on trial and error. Or gee, you can develop here. It's the Scottish Premiership. You know, there's potentially guaranteed European group stage football. I, I can't understand why Stephen Glass made so many changes at the weekend. I can't understand that either, because. In all honesty, Aberdeen's only, only real chance of success this season for me was the League Cup or A Cup. Um, I, I just don't understand why he's... I, I get he's got his own way, but I don't understand why he is trying to put not-proven players in a position where he has established players. I'm, I'm I, gonna, think, uh, I think for Aberdeen, though... A huge thing is qualifying for European group stage football at this point because I, I was, that's what I was about. If you, to say. It, obviously, like it's not Champions League, but I have seen the the numbers for the money um, between the Europa League and the Conference League, and there's not much in it. So, them qualifying for Conference League, they're getting much the same money as Celtic and Rangers would if they qualify for Europa League. Football, which and that could like that could make a big difference for Aberdeen in terms of like keep keeping player decent players like signing new contracts and bringing in other players in January to strengthen the squad, um, or even before this window ends. Looking at Aberdeen, they've not they've not really sat down with one system yet this season. They seem to have changed their team in pretty much every game. Changed the they played a five at the back in one of the games as well. Um, just constantly changing in. I think the one thing with McCrory as well, um, him playing centre half, he seemed to have been pushed there at the start of the season because Declan Gallagher wasn't fully fit back from the Euros yet. Um, but then it seems to be he's been preferred over um, Considine now instead of. Uh, Callum Gallagher and Considine. It seems to be uh, Stephen Glass seems to prefer Gallagher and McCrory as a two centre half. So I don't know where it's just something he's seen where he just. Well, yeah, it's one of those things. Um, if you're asking me, if you're playing Gallagher and Considine, I don't think either of them are particularly mobile, and maybe McCrory's just got a bit more mobility than um, than those two. My point was going to be, I read an article um, during the week, and it was saying that. 
actually, no, it was after Aberdeen lost. It was the following day, and it was saying how nowadays there used to be such a pride to win a League Cup or a Scottish Cup, but nowadays for a lot of these teams round about there, all that really matters is European football because the money for winning uh, any European game far outweighs any domestic trophy by considerable margin. Like you, you could win one game in Europe and earn more money than you would for winning the Scottish Cup or the League Cup. I know obviously it's nice to win them, but I think a lot of teams now, with our current coefficient standings, are going to need to like just focus on Europe because that's our main aspiration is to qualify, whether it be the Conference, uh, Europa League, or the Champions League, is to make the group stages and then deal with there because. That's what's making um, players come to Scotland is, is obviously money. Mm. I think you've got you've got to look at it though that um, Aberdeen were playing Wraith at the weekend. Like nothing against Wraith, but their division below them, they really should have been comfortably ahead in the first half. Away in a way where they you just give Wraith no no chance in the second half anyway. Um, Oh yeah, I mean Aberdeen blew chances. Yeah, there's no, oh, there's no denying that. Hundred percent. Like you can focus on Europe and still not lose to Wraith. Yeah, but also quite easily. I feel like the weekend did show that, and there's a gap, but the gap between Championship and Premiership clubs outside Rangers and Celtic isn't huge. It it just it shows. The, the the top league should probably be bigger. I mean, where you had our growth, St. Johnson went to penalties. Air Dundee United went to penalties. Wraith Aberdeen, Wraith won. So, Hibs Kelly, obviously, I, I, Kelly lost. But I, I think, though, on, on the Wraith point, Aberdeen did make was it seven changes or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, but they still played I just a really strong side. Well, they feel a strong side. I, my point, my point being though is you, and this is this is not a personal attack on Aberdeen. This is just my observations from the game on Sunday. That out of that starting eleven, for me, there was, I, I would say, I don't know if anybody get past marks. I really don't know. I thought the subs that came on did more in the last kind of. Half hour. I know they scored in the first like, fifteen minutes, Aberdeen, but it was just one good hit. Apart from that, for me, it wasn't. It was similar to, you know, Rangers when they played the United. You know, they had seventy odd percent possession, but couldn't do anything with it. You know, I think it's all in good having lots of the ball when you're a dominant team. But if you don't do anything with it, then there's no point. I mean, the right back Garth, he was for me dreadful and at fault for. One of the goals. The, the midfield was at points non existent, abysmal. Uh, McGinn doesn't really cut it for me, and and Jet scored a, a good goal. But apart from that, he offered, well, nothing. You know, I think. I think. Um, was... Can we can we actually stop you there? Please let's not normalize calling him and Jet him Jet. What is he like a thirty-two-year-old man? And he's calling himself well, Jet. That's what it says in the starting lineups on Aberdeen's 
social media channels. So he also yeah, wants so to be called Jet. Yeah, so that's I can't embarrassing for a man of his age to want to be called but Jet. My my point being though is that the people that they brought off the bench, Brown, Ferguson, Hedges, Ramirez, Ramsey, players that, to be quite honest, the bench would have given Wraith a much better game than that starting eleven. I think they underestimated Rafe. Uh, don't get me wrong, I think they should have won the game with the team they had. I, th- I think they were poor at points, but I think they also did underestimate um, Rafe. Uh, they still should have, they should have had it put to bed in the first oh, half. Oh yeah, 100% I agree with that. Or not put to bed, but at least like... No, they should have been you, much you, more clinical. Yeah, you, you, you put in, in that, that strong sort of performance in the first half, you should should be going up going in to two nil up probably. Um I mean, at they least. They only had one shot and target the whole game, Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. And then second half again it's one of those things you should, if you've been so dominant in the first half you should be coming out and putting it home. I think well Rafe utilised the counter very well. Aberdeen again did have a lot of possession, but Rafe did utilise the counter very well on that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Some might say yeah. Celtic and Rangers both have. Um, fuck what they called Europa League qualifier games. This week, uh, Celtic played tomorrow night at seven forty-five against AZ Alkmaar, and obviously Rangers playing on Thursday against Alashkert. Um, how's everyone? How's everyone thinking? They're going to go these games. I think Celtic and Rangers should, uh, should and will both win their games. Um, they'll be. I'll be. Rangers definitely. Celtic depends. Um, how, which defense turns up. Really. Because there's no no doubt Celtic will score goals. It's just uh, whether they can stop Alkmaar scoring goals. Celtic at the weekend with. Was it thirty odd shots and end up winning a game three two just because of horrendous defensive errors? Yeah, you uh, think like yeah, you th- you think going being that strong in the first half, and you're thinking right, we can come back out second half, score another couple goals, close the game out. Um, but I think um, Drew said that. Celtic, when they made their subs, or not just in that game, but in games previous to that, they've made subs, and sort of the intensity drops the the desire to sort of chase everything and stay together as a unit. Kind of, I don't know. It's almost like the players that are coming on aren't like also they're not up to speed because they've not played the whole game, but they're not ready to be up to speed quickly enough. So I I think it I if you're playing like that you have to, if your subs are coming on they have to be on and up to speed very very quickly. If, um, if Celtic were to have 
beaten Hearts 7 or 8 now at the weekend, I don't think anyone would have honestly batted an eyelid. Like, Celtic were dominant, um, especially in the first half. Um, I, I think Hearts got out their own half of it twice. Then lost the oh, ball yeah, straight they, away. They, they could barely get it out of their own 18-yard box. Um, I think, obviously, again, it was mistakes by uh, Starfelt. It was a penalty, Stonewall penalty. Um, and then just more sloppiness. Like I think if I think you're Celtic, the, the penalty then... one, the penalty one's, just, it's just silly. Like that sort of that's schoolboy stuff. If the ball's coming at you like that and you know there's players around you, you just put your foot through it. You don't try and take it down and then put your foot through it. Because if you try and take a touch, you do run the risk of it being a heavy touch and it going to someone or someone getting in between you and the ball. And then when you go to boot it, you just boot them instead. And that's ultimately what, ultimately what he ended up doing. It, it was smart from Boyce, obviously. I think he'd have had about two touches the entire game. And then yeah. he just put his body around, like in front of uh, Starfelt and there was no other real decision um, um yeah but i think that like the change that hearts made for the second half bringing on Ginelli, uh made a massive difference it's just his determination to run at players even when he didn't have the ball and when he had the ball running trying to run past players take players on i mean it proved to be a, a massive difference maker almost immediately when he got into the penalty box and um, drove in past Starfelt again very early on in the second half and yeah. almost almost set the tone for the, the second half. But, yeah. Um, obviously, I mean, um, Ginelli um, had what was... Ter- was- had like a sickness bug during the week, so yeah, so he couldn't start he could the game. Only play for a certain period of time, but he did make a massive difference. I still feel Celtic will have will have won the game anyway. I think I could say that quite comfortably. You'd never know. Yeah, but, I think the style um, of football that was it was being played was more uh, obviously circumstantially. Every, yeah. Hearts um, missed that sort of. Willingness, I guess, a runner. Um, but yeah. Well, they had a, a front two of Boyce and Mackay Stephen in the first half, which is um. Well, Mackay Stephen's not exactly known it. known for running at people. He's not known for being a <laughs> sort of a like a um. Center forward, really. Yeah. Uh He's he's. Very lightweight. He always has been quite lightweight. I mean, he's he was good, and he's been good, and he's he's still okay. But yeah, he's very lightweight sort of player. Like stick him out on the wing, and he he can take folk on. But put him through the middle, or having to sort of run at bigger guys, I don't think he performs particularly well with. Yeah. Yeah, I um, guess I guess we move on. I guess I speak about the Rangers game. Wasn't much to really say about it. Uh Rangers um, got their first penalty of the season. They they did. They, um congratulations. Rangers obviously first half just went straight through them, second half just 
So if you just couldn't be bothered, the new tie was over and that was kind of the end of it. Really, really uh, impressive. I think that almost half. happens though. If you if you do that well in a first half, yeah. and you know you're playing a worse team, um, you do you just coast the second half really. Um, Glenn Kamara obviously, um, hadn't had an opportunity to play any games in Europe, so was fresh and he was outstanding. It, like it will be said time and time again, but. He will go to to a top team in England or Spain or somewhere like that. Like the guy on the ball is just next level of quality. I think uh, he's probably what Rangers have missed so far in, in those two European games. Obviously, he can't play because of his ban, but yeah, I, I it's quite obvious that they've missed him in midfield because he does he he gets on loose balls and he. He gets in like in people's faces when they're trying to attack, and I think that's what Rangers have missed—that sort of tenacity in midfield. Yeah, he was badly missed against Malmo. Um, obviously, Roof wasn't playing either. Um, first leg, Zetin up front. They just were no Morelos. Um, then obviously in the second leg, Morelos was the best player in the park. So yeah. Obviously. I yep. think looking uh, back on it, there's a lot of things you should have done differently. But such is life. We move. One of the things you just have to move on and get over it. Move on to the Europa League. Yeah, a new a new mind a new positive mindset for the Europa League qualifier. It's one it well, it's not one game, it's two games. Go out and win the first one fairly like try and win it fairly comfortably in front of a home crowd um, and then that takes the pressure off for the away game yeah. obviously you can't go into it thinking yeah yeah this is one but you can just have, be a bit more relaxed about it I don't feel like there's any reason why Rangers can't go into this this game and win 5-0 five, five again basically I know it's obviously Will be a tough ask, but I'd probably put this um this team on par with like the Scottish Championship teams, and they've just turned over. Uh, well, the, now, so. And in, in the coefficient, the just below is it Flora Tallinn from Estonia, um, so, yeah. and just above Kairat from Kazakhstan. Well, they sound a, they sound a real quality side. Then it doesn't mean anything, but um, yeah, obviously. It's not one off game, I guess, because there's two legs. But um, cup ties can always. Um, Obviously, we've seen it band. with progress. Niederkorn or Lincoln Redems or Konas Key. Or yeah, it's been a lot these of, things uh, can happen. It's rare, but they, they can happen. A lot of Scottish wonders down the way. <laughs> well, let's just um, let's play the pray for both teams. Um, just. Well, they both got group stage football anyway, but just do well. <laughs> it's a tough one because obviously it wouldn't be ideal if they lost, but going into Europa Conference, they're well. I mean, they should get, be getting easier games there. You still get the same coefficient points for it. I mean, it wouldn't be a 
the money's virtually the yeah. same. It wouldn't be an end of the world thing if they if they did lose. It was it'd be. Um... I think the the idea behind the the conference league is literally just to give more teams the chance at playing in European competition. Really, yeah. And um, it's greatly appreciated uh, by the Scottish game if we can get more teams into Europe, we can get more money into the into the more game. More teams, more coefficient points. Obviously, um, the. More money, better sponsorship deals, you know. Yeah. Still at eight million over five years. And um, Tottenham get um, ten million for one season, for on their sleeve with Cinch. Yeah. I think it is. Um, Wait, it's, it's just we're, we're looked down on. Our our games looked down on it too is. much. It's looked down on. Plus the people in charge, I don't think sell it um, uh, very well. Sell it well enough. They underrepresent the game. But we could go yep. on for hours about that. Yeah, that's well, we could. We and I've, I have just checked the time, and Mister Dure will be running out of time, so um, I'll just kick us on. We'll do some predictions for uh, games during the week and over the weekend, and we'll be back with a more normal um, reviewing games podcast next week. Uh, whether it is all five of us or just four or three of us. Um, or one. We will be back on a regular schedule on a Tuesday night. Let's go. Um, predictions. Uh, week three because obviously we've only done done this three times. Um, well, Billy's only done first it once game. And he's somehow top of the leaderboard, which is a. Uh... Yep. <laughs> ah, just I'm good. He's cheating. He's cheating. Uh, game one is Celtic v Alkmaar. Uh, I'm gonna go for three nil to Celtic. The bold Craig, I'll press the four instead. I'm going to be a negative man. I'm going to say score draw, 1-1. One, one. Um, I'm going to be positive because I want coefficient gravy. 3-1 uh, to Celtic. I, I still see them conceding. Yeah, I was I was going to go 3-1 as well. Um, and I'll, I'll just stick with that. Next is Rangers Alash Kert. I'm going to go for 5 now to Rangers. In case you didn't work that out. Uh, 3-0 Rangers. Oh, we go 2-0 Rangers. Um, I'm just going to go much the same. I'm going to 3-1 Rangers as well. Uh, next, another European game. Lask v St. Johnson. Uh, I'm going to go for a score draw at one each. I'm going to go for 2-1 to Lask. I'm going to echo Belmondo and also say 2-1 to Lask. Uh, it, it's a difficult one. Also away from home. Might struggle, but they did fairly well against um, Galatasaray away from home. Not so well at home, but you know. A 1-0 St. Johnson. We'll give them a 1-0 win. Um, Carabag Aberdeen up next uh, I'm going to go for 2-1 to Carabag uh, Taxi for Glass 3-0 Carabag um, 
One nil Carabag. I'm gonna go score draw one each. And then on to the weekend. Hearts take on Aberdeen in the capital. Um yeah, obviously two of the unbeaten teams in the league so far. Uh I think Aberdeen will take this one. Uh, with a comfortable three one victory. Uh, two one to Hearts. European hangover for Aberdeen. Um, I'm gonna go with the Belmondo special a score draw one each. Um, I'll go two one to Aberdeen. Yes, no one likes Hearts. Uh, Wraith Dunfermline in the championship. I mean, I really thought Dunfermline were gonna be in either first or second in the league this season but uh, they've not done very well at all so far so I'm going to go for a comfortable 3-0 Wraith win uh, I'm going to go for Wraith 5, Dunfermline 1 um, I'm going to go the other way but obviously not to that extreme um, I'm going to say 1-0 Dunfermline I thought he was going to say like two one or something. I'm going to go three one to Fairland. Obviously, yeah. This, this is their turning point. Fair, I they're going to so far. That's a turning oh, point. Oh no, though. no, I have. But they're they're going to kickstart their season here. Can't believe Craig, who finished last last here season, is giving this cheek. Um, Aloha Queens Park is the next game. Um, going to go for a two each draw. I'm going to go for score draw, 1-1. One, one. I'm going to go 1-0 uh, Alawa. Um, and obviously, me, massive Queen's Park fan, 5-0 uh, Queen's Park. It's only obvious answer. And finally, Elgin Forfer, because we pick exciting games here. Um, yeah, we, we pick the best games about uh, and I'm going to go for a 3-2 forfer. I'm going to go for a score draw 2-2. Two, two. I'm going to say 3-1 to forfer. Well, how as Craig was saying his his score, I was typing in my score and I went 3-2 Elgin. You know, great minds think alike and uh, better minds think the opposite of Craig, so Whatever Craig says, just just opposite opposite it. Yeah, and that's why Ferg's bottom. It all work out for you. I, I don't don't know what you're talking about. Um, hopefully, Mister Thompson's back with us next time, and he's not carted off to Englandshire again. Well, Matt, we know you're not listening to this, but you suck. <laughs> yeah, he does suck. Yeah, and if he doesn't get his predictions, then he gets um, minus points for not doing it because he has been warned. Yeah, and this is. A big boo for Matt. Yeah, big... Boo! Do you reckon there's a booing sound? There's not. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I think that's absolutely enough nonsense for one one evening. Uh, Mr. Jur's only got five minutes to make his event, so uh, goodbye, Mr. Jur. Um, as always, guys, thanks for listening and take care. Enjoy your week.
Um, we forgot to say hello to everyone at the start, but uh, hello, Billy, welcome back, and uh, would you like to say goodbye? Uh, hello, goodbye, yeah, good to be back. Um, uh, Craig, just say something foreign. Uh, au revoir. French, I like it. Uh, <laughs> until next time, we've been the Fireside Podcast. Good night and God bless. Mm-hmm.